You ready? I'm Lisa. And I'm Kelly. And this is Bad at Boundaries, the podcast where we share personal stories about setting boundaries, healing, and growing into the people we want to be. Get ready to laugh, sigh, and draw the line with us. Super easy first take. Oh, we've come a long way, baby. There we go. <laughs> there we go. No. Well, hey guys. Um, and I'm the only reason I'm saying hey is because this is actually being recorded, not just audio wise, but visual wise. I don't know where we're going to post this yet, but I'm assuming it's going to end up in clips somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm also assuming that I'm going to cut this out <laughs> at the start of the episode. Tell me where you drew the line this week, Kelly. I think a good topic to talk about is codependency because we've touched on it a bit here and there. Okay. But we haven't focused on it in depth. And it's something that I think is really important just because, I mean, growing up twins, it's something that we didn't know we were doing. We mm-hmm. called it twin dependence Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but yeah you have a built-in best friend with you going everywhere you're going (laughs) we were with each other like we were in the same class um from like kindergarten through grade nine oh my god so in junior high we maybe had our option block separately but we went to a junior high where you stay with your homeroom for all of your like core classes oh my god um I can't think of a single person I would want to do that much stuff with it's actually pretty good because, like, you, we could do our homework together in the evenings. Right. You always have someone you can ask questions to. So right. we kind of thrived in codependency. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also had another friend that we'd known since grade three. Mm-hmm. And when we hit high school, Molly was in – Molly's my twin, in case I haven't said that. <laughs> or if She's you don't been know tagged me. in some photos <laughs> on the Instagram. People yeah. know who she is. Yeah, most people should know by now. but. Yeah. She was in completely different classes than I was. We had some of the same teachers, just not at the same time. Mm -hmm. But our other friend, who I'd known since the third grade, was in every single one of my classes. Oh, no. (laughs) So we actually ended up switching to a different high school for grade 11 and 12. Whoa. um, To get, just just to push ourselves out of our comfort zone, to have some different opportunities. They had a lot more option courses that you Mm -hmm. could take. So I got to take guitar. My sister got to take American Sign Language. And I've never asked you this before, but was it like whose idea of the twins was it to switch or was it a neither one of us? Really? So one of our other friends, um, I still see every Thursday to this day, (laughs) um, but it was actually her idea because she wanted to like have access to different option classes and just more clubs and a bigger school population. So she was like codependent with a pair of twins because did she approach you and say, hey, listen, twins? Come so with me. This wasn't our codependent friend. Okay. Um, but she had just let us know that she was checking out a new school. Um, so if we wanted to take longer, if we were at all interested, uh, mm-hmm. she just didn't want it to be a surprise if she made that decision. Right. Yeah. I had a friend switch schools um, to like be at my school. Like it's it's Emily. It's my friend Emily, mm-hmm. and she went to Mac, and I went to FX. And I'll drop those high school. Names. I also started at Mac. Yeah. <laughs> and she like same thing. Switched for I think grade eleven and grade twelve. But mm-hmm. the people she didn't tell anybody in her old school that she was switching at mm-hmm. all. So it was like. Like day one, like where where's Emily? And everyone like it caused a big like blow up in her friend group. And there was no reason for it. Like, but people took personal offense. It's yeah, crazy. Especially because sometimes there's parental pressure involved. Yeah. So in our case, mm-hmm. uh the friend who initiated the idea 
didn't end up even coming to tour the school. Oh, she because was just like, her, I'm in. Her parents, no, her parents said they would pay for drum lessons if she stayed put. Oh, so she didn't even tell you? <laughs> no, she, she told us that. She was... She was really clear with all of her communication. Yeah. Um. But yeah, when she brought up to her parents that she was interested in switching, they were like, "Well, we Don't. prefer you stay." So, like, what's what's something we can negotiate? You know, her mom and dad were just like, "I don't want to do all that paperwork." <laughs> they didn't want her to switch from an academic school to um, a oh. regular public high school. Oh, poo! Get over it. Anyways. Yeah. So we um just happened to like walk past the student leadership. Yeah. room um at the end of our tour <laughs> and at the time molly and i grew up like we started going to sleep away summer camp uh Aww. the summer before grade nine cute um which was really good for us because i would say that's where i started um getting better at like taking risks and trying mm. new activities and just not being embarrassed for like living pretty <laughs> yeah, much for existing like my codependence <laughs> growing up like had a lot to do with social anxiety yeah. like I couldn't give group presentations like I did mm. all my presentations in the hall because I would get like so stressed out I would blush <sighs> so hard I would be so anxious that like just nothing would come out of my mouth yeah so summer camp was like a really good environment for us to uh change that and the student leadership representatives that we were talking to mm-hmm. mentioned that there is leadership camp every fall. So oh. all of the leadership students get to go away to summer camp. Well, like outdoors camp that mm-hmm. has like a climbing wall. You play like capture the flag. Yeah. All of the um, all of the classic activities. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm in. I don't even <laughs> care what my responsibilities will be for the rest of the year, but I will participate if I get to go to camp. <laughs> You're giving me a flashback to me in high school. Can mm-hmm. I confess something? Yep. I, <laughs> please do. All right. I want full disclosure. I was 16 years old and I was also a bit of a dirtbag <laughs> and I joined student leadership. I wanted to go on the like retreat because mm-hmm. I think it's a thing where student leadership to like start the school year, they do mm-hmm. like a bonding trip almost. Mm-hmm. So, like you learn leadership skills that you were going to enact like in mm-hmm. the student body, but it's also like bonding the student council together, or at least that's how it was in our school. So I found out about this like sleep away trip. Because the guy I had a huge crush on was going. And I was like, I have to go too. <laughs> but of course, like I, I missed the paperwork deadline, whatever. But I joined student council student leadership anyway. Because they had access to like a private lounge. And then it ended up like I kind of got bullied by a couple girls who were on the leadership thing. And they were running mm-hmm. an activity for one of the football games one day. Where they were serving ice creams the day before. <laughs> such a piece of shit i broke in and i ate like half the ice cream <laughs> that was gonna be oh, used no. for like a fundraiser because it was so bad ice cream would that have been it was like a full okay so it was like two of those like big safeway tubs yeah it wasn't just me i brought a couple friends okay uh, that would be insane <laughs> also i don't handle lactose super well anymore mm-hmm. so i can't imagine <laughs> doing that now but i just remembered i did that instead of like getting an adult involved mm-hmm. asking for help it's like no Let's sabotage his fundraiser. Yeah. All right. Anyways. 
Yeah, but I think, yeah, when we're younger, mm. you're so reliant on your friends for your emotional well-being. Yes, yes. Um, and I think, yeah, for me, it, I can only speak for myself, but at that age, I definitely did not have a lot of, like, internal regulation. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, I'm feeling anxious, and so this person will be a good friend to, to hang out with. Yeah. Or, like, I'm feeling a little stagnant. This friend always has good ideas for things to do. Yeah. And it wasn't, like, a conscious thing, but... You kind of just like I think go with your instincts and you have yeah. bigger feelings when you're that age as well. Your emotions and hormones rock you so what, much harder. I I don't know how anybody survives being a teenager and like no. I know honestly I think the reason why a lot of us survived it is because we clung tightly to people who felt safe. Mm-hmm. And like during this whole conversation, I want to make it very clear that like I don't think you being codependent with your twin (laughs) is a bad thing I don't think codependency is inherently bad because like sometimes we just do what we need to do in order to survive and thrive and sometimes that means walking through life with somebody yeah and like that's okay you know and for us like we were codependent in a time where like our parents drove us and dropped us off anywhere we needed to go yeah so we weren't fully in charge of our own schedules. You're going to school Monday to Friday and everything. Yeah. So it was something that I think we kind of acknowledged it and decided mm-hmm. what we wanted to do about it at the right time. Yeah. But I do find now that I've had to actively work on it, mm. if other people seem like they're chasing codependency, mm. that's when my like avoidant, the remnants <laughs> of my avoidant attachment kick in it's so like hard. Senses. So wait, hold on. Did you and Molly have like an actual conversation where it was was like listen like it's time for us to like detach a little bit uh not really it's always molly always does everything first it was (laughs) it was more so like an attitude so when we had switched high schools she was really good at making new friends Mm. and that was really good for us we had the same lunch hour like our schools here don't really have different lunch periods everyone eats at the same time yeah yeah, so we always saw each other for lunch, but we'd be in different classes for the rest of the day. And mm-hmm. I had some classes where I just sat there really quietly and <laughs> absorbed all the information. And then we did have one class together, uh, grade 11 English, that was really fun. But we are avid readers. Mm-hmm. So if there was a quiet reading block, um, we were allowed to go out into the hall and work. We, mm-hmm. we had that privilege as the quiet kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, often one of the louder kids would get sent out <laughs> with us. <laughs> Um, this then is it's like your going. own private show, though. <laughs> yeah, I act, and I've I have no studies to back this up, but I actually think codependency gets worse mm-hmm. the bigger of an environment you're in, mm-hmm. and part of this comes from like having grown up in Edmonton, but having lived in other mm-hmm. cities like both smaller and bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and something I noticed um, that people kept telling me when I moved to Vancouver mm-hmm. is that it's really hard to make friends there. You just have to find interests and then start doing it. Join activities like mm-hmm. find a gym or some mm-hmm. type of workout community. Find like a crafting group, like whatever, yeah. whatever floats your boat. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, just hanging out long enough to become part of the inner circle. Yeah, it's truly, as as an adult, it feels like making friends is just like a waiting game. And it's mm-hmm. like you just got to get out there and put enough FaceTime out there and hope that somebody, you know, doesn't see you as a threat. Somebody isn't intimidated by you. Somebody finds something about what you're wearing, what you're doing, how you're looking, like that 
resonates with them. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that sucks. Like, I've had so many friends. Like, my friends are spread out all over Mm -hmm. Canada now. Like, I only have a couple that still live in in our hometown here. And, like, all of them, I remember when they moved for, like, you know, jobs or school, I remember every single one was like, I don't know how to make friends as an adult. Mm -hmm. Because the thing about growing up in Edmonton as well is this big city is kind of like a small town in that Mm -hmm. everybody you know has connection to somebody else you know. So, like, one of my really good friends, same thing, when she moved to Vancouver, like, and we had been... We were really good friends for, like, our whole childhoods into our adulthoods, like, through university and, like, in university, especially at the U of A, which was a huge campus, mm-hmm. like, it was also very difficult to meet people. Like, mm-hmm. even while you're in class, like... Because you're not allowed to talk. <laughs> you're not allowed to fucking talk. And if you are talking, it's on a group project, and I would rather die than be <laughs> friends with somebody I'm working on a group project with. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I remember, like, she moved away kind of right at the height of our codependency. And, yeah, shit, like, I can't tell you how many, like, crying phone calls I would get from her or just, like, hey, like, feeling really lonely and like there's no way to coach somebody through that or like Mm -hmm. help somebody through that when you aren't in the same city like and yeah it's hard but I I do agree with you where I think like what we're saying before about codependency codependency being almost an essential part of childhood no one wants to be the kid without any friends but everybody has been at one point you spend so much time in the classroom I think that's an experience twins don't go through because right we didn't even go to school without each other very often. We always had the dentist appointments at the same time. Mm-hmm. If one of us was sick, the other one probably wasn't far behind. Mm-hmm. Like, we maybe had, like, a dozen mm-hmm. days in our entire elementary school career where one yeah. of us was at school and the other wasn't. I had a friend like that growing up. I said, well, uh, you know Emily. You mm-hmm. met Emily. Hi, Emily. Um, so her and I, we grew up three blocks away from each other. And, like, it was the kind of thing where, like, our moms met when they were pregnant with us. Actually, I think mm-hmm. they both announced their, their pregnancy on the same day at preschool because we're the youngest of all our siblings. That makes me think of Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. It's It was kind of that vibe. And, like, Emily has always been, like, we always say, like, we definitely knew each other in a past life. Like, there's no way because her and I were just, like, attached at the hip growing up and it was more than just like our moms are friends so like we kind of have to hang out whatever it was like no we she was really quiet when she was younger and I kind of I kind of like grew into my voice a little bit faster like I definitely went through the quiet phase but I also went through a phase where it was like I am Emily's keeper now and it was like so codependent like I would orchestrate games for us and I was like very very bossy at that age mm-hmm. uh, although some some might call me a leader <laughs> but I was being bossy. Your leadership I was holding my leadership qualities that I use to this day to but, bring to camp and impress that boy <laughs> oh god that's all I wanted to do actually ironically the boy I wanted to impress at that camp is now the man who like em- Emily's partnered up with like that <laughs> went on to be her partner which is hilarious so it's like instinctively you knew this man needed to be in, in your my life. life yeah you just were mm-hmm. maybe not correct about your initial instinct yes and I'm I'm very happy nothing ever happened with that because it would be very weird as an adult now no. but yeah it was just like our whole lives were intersected and crossed over and mm-hmm. that became I think I mentioned this when we were talking about our feral friends episode mm-hmm. as we kind of entered like the adult arena and sort of having like real jobs and real boyfriends and like living our, on our own for the first time it became such a thing of like how do I navigate like wanting to be your best friend and wanting to be in your life 
with Emily, she's truly the type of person where I don't get tired of hanging out with her. I could spend every day with her 24-7 up until we were 17 years old. The longest amount of time we had been apart was two weeks. Mm. Like that, it was crazy intense. And it's, it's still something I struggle with today is like how to be her friend without kind of returning into that pattern. Because I know it's not appropriate for us to be in that pattern anymore. We're mm-hmm. both adults. We both have partners. Uh, you know, I'm entering the arena of like, do I want to start a family? And if I do, I kind of need to figure that out sort of quickly. So mm-hmm. it's like, how do you how do you be codependent in yeah. in a good way? And actually, <laughs> you want to know why? <laughs> So <laughs> I thought we were going to be talking about this today, codependency, because of the text that I sent you <laughs> earlier. So um, we were, I, we mentioned before we had some technical difficulties earlier this week trying to record the podcast. Um, we just could not get it right. So we obviously we had couldn't to. couldn't get it together. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck was going on. <laughs> there was something in the water. I was like, did I we time were, my coffee wrong? We were being human that day. Yeah. We just had a moment and we were meant to go to my house and eat McDonald's on the couch with John. But long story short, we had to pick a new day to record, right? Mm -hmm. So we were like going back and forth trying to figure it out. And of course, like this weekend is an insanely busy weekend for me and John. And I was like, you texted me being like Saturday this time. Like, will that work Mm -hmm. for you? And I felt bad because I like read the text and texted John because I have the worst memory. Mm -hmm. Like I just can't. I like I'm always so paranoid I'm forgetting something because one thing I noticed with my ADHD is memory issues Mm -hmm. that and that's been an issue my entire life and so I like basically used John as my little ADHD secretary which I told you when I was like Mm -hmm. I'm also sending you TikToks while I'm ignoring this text (laughs) message but like I am just waiting for John to get back to me and I right after I sent that text to you I was like oh she's gonna think I'm like super codependent with John and like we have a toxic relationship so I had to like clarify and be like no no he just he just manages my calendar for me I also think like that's something I hear commonly with like my friends that are partnered because Mm -hmm. you also like need time to check in and be like okay these are our options Mm -hmm. I agree we have to do this we are obligated yeah we could do this Mm -hmm. or like we should do this around the house like in hindsight it was 100% me projecting like a past experience onto like something Mm -hmm. that it didn't need so like I have been in case you can't tell, I love relationships. Mm-hmm. I love long, lifelong friendships. I love really deep relationships with people, whether it's romantically or, or just friends-wise. And I have, in the past, had people use, like, our codependency or my codependency with them as a way to, like, I don't want to say control me, but definitely, like, gaslight me, manipulate mm-hmm. my behavior. And, like, as I was like, oh, I got to check in with John, like, make sure I'm free, I was like, ooh, that, is that yucky or not? And then I was kind of questioning everything. I actually thought it was considerate of you. Really? Okay, thank you. Because then you don't have to, like, backtrack or reschedule if yeah. you... Especially, like, you know when you have that feeling in the back of your mind that you've forgotten something? I have that all the time. I don't know. I feel like for a long time, I was really scared to be labeled as codependent in my current relationship. And part of that had to do with, like, coming out of kind of a really nasty relationship that wasn't healthy and had 
like an unhealthy level of codependency. Like in this relationship before, like this guy literally had a say in everything I did. He had a say in who I hung out with. He had a say in what I wore. He took personal offense if I wore something nice and he wasn't like around. Uh, he had a ton of say in my schedule and where I worked and what coworkers I hung out with, like outside of work. He had a say in like how much I saw my family. Like it was just an insane level. Like now I'm looking at it, I'm like, it was it, it was tiptoeing right on the edge of abusive, mm-hmm. if not like fully abusive. Yeah, and it's for, a lot of control. It was a lot of control. And when I first started going out with John, I really resented giving him any control mm-hmm. at all. And like in hindsight, I probably should have maybe addressed some of my issues with codependency because I feel like I really held him at a, an arm's length for a long time. And I don't think he necessarily like deserved that if that makes sense like honestly the pandemic was a huge turning point in our relationship Mm -hmm. I feel like up until that point I had always been like you know the cool girlfriend and like maybe we'll chill maybe we won't like kind of like just really not wanting to get like our lives too entangled with each other like I kept them very separate from my family I kept them pretty separate from my friends like I wouldn't always tell him like what specifically I was doing or where I was going which honestly created kind of this environment of like not super security for him but then we moved in together and again a week later the pandemic hit it was like we were forced to confront all these issues around Mm -hmm. codependency because suddenly we were the only person the other one had Mm -hmm. in like the whole world and uh I think it really especially throughout the pandemic about halfway through like lockdown I got diagnosed with ADHD and I think that helped as well kind of like navigating that and being like oh okay that's where a lot of like these ongoing issues are coming from and like from a mental health spectrum I can see how that's connecting and like also just the way he reacted to that and how supportive it was I was like oh you are a person I should be pulling closer (laughs) like you don't need to like hang out outside the door while I'm like doing anything like come on in you know yeah so but I I also know that not everybody in a long-term relationship has that level of I want to say like healthy codependency yeah because we kind of brought that up in our like Taylor Swift Joe Alwyn episode Mm -hmm. and there's been a lot more speculation and most of it we don't want to go into because we just don't know it's all alleged and also too like I don't I don't we don't know what the fuck is happening and I might be putting my foot in my mouth entirely Mm -hmm. and Mm-hmm. Obviously, we are huge Swifties, and we like like her as an artist and like her yeah. as a person. So, like, yeah. But we did notice. I think <laughs> I also don't want to jinx it in case they get back together and then oh. meet her one day. And then yeah. There's a documented record. <laughs> but I think we've we've said on this podcast before that we've noticed patterns of people who mm. fell apart or adapted or thrived during the pandemic like having all that that closed container with a partner Mm -hmm. that bubble it really was a bubble and the the one statement that I think makes sense or is at least the most relatable piece of information that that Mm -hmm. doesn't feel icky to talk about is just the fact that like Taylor Swift is a very public person Mm -hmm. Joe Alwyn is very deliberately not Mm -hmm. and during the pandemic I think that was probably amazing for both of them yeah even just the fact that if they were gonna go out the masks helped masks helped be totally normal I can't tell you how many times I would like in the grocery store while wearing a mask run into people from high school where I'm just like don't fucking look at me and then they wouldn't recognize me it's mm-hmm. amazing yeah. yeah but I think with with our feral friends episode I talked about one of the friend breakups was because 
we'd mostly been pandemic pen pal type friends. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't even living in the same city for most of that friendship. Mm-hmm. And then navigating like how we both, what activities we like to do, how yeah. we like to show up in person, mm-hmm. how often we like to be together in person. Yeah. That was when a lot of the friction started. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I wasn't dealing with like filming schedules. Recording. World tour. Yeah, recording. Trying Hopefully to... re-recording. <laughs> oh, God, speak now, please. Oh my no. god! Um, I'll take anything. Uh, yeah, honestly, honestly I wouldn't. I, w- I I would kill for teardrops on my guitar. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna lie. I would kill for that. I walk down Clownelia Street a lot <laughs> <laughs> because the theories are fun. But yeah. I'm. I think they're. A lot of them are mm. are well done. There's a lot of mm. TikTok creators who just do an amazing job oh God, of being yes. like, wouldn't it be fun if this happened yeah. without hinging their happiness? So yeah. I feel like people do a good job of ramping up excitement in mm-hmm. case something happens, but not setting themselves up for disappointment. Well, and I think codependency also comes with like being able to separate yourself from like you know, things you are really passionate about. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a diehard Taylor Swift fan. I have been since I've heard, like, her first album. Mm-hmm. I've always loved her, but I also, like, don't live and breathe by what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And, like, was I sad when I heard that her and Joe broke up? Like, absolutely. And, like, there definitely was a couple a couple hours, maybe only a couple minutes, felt like hours, where it kind of, like, hearing about her breakup kind of re-triggered me. And, like, when I lost that kind of toxic codependent relationship, it felt like my entire identity have been stripped Mm. from me you know it's like uh in her song illicit affairs what Mm. that line where it's like you taught me a secret language that I can't speak with anybody else if Mm -hmm. that's the correct line but I just remember like that was the same feeling I felt too where you when you are in that codependent relationship it feels like your whole world like lives and breathes Mm -hmm. with the other person and to witness that die it's like it truly is like mourning a civilization that the two of you built together or like I I don't know a whole different reality that the two of you existed in and whether it was a healthy reality or not Mm -hmm. and but it's like we said we've said it a million times some things just end some things just run their Mm -hmm. course and it's okay it doesn't mean it's easy when that happens like I think ending a codependent relationship kind of destroys a part of you in a way Mm -hmm. and which is why like some of my friends right now, I'm looking at their, their relationships and I'm like, listen, he's a great guy, but I don't know what you're going to do when this in- mm-hmm. inevitably doesn't work out because you're giving him, it's just too much energy, mm-hmm. you know, or they're both like too, there's an intensity about these yeah. codependent relationships, you know, you know? And I think that it also relates to how like making adults or <laughs> making, making adults <laughs> making friends as an adult is harder because yeah. a lot of the friendships that you come into when you're younger yeah are proximity based so yes. neighborhood friends mm-hmm. friend classroom friends who do you see five days a week who's mm-hmm. working at your part-time job after school yeah yeah mm-hmm. so it's very much based on who's around mm-hmm. and whose personality meshes where mm-hmm. as we get older and we mature you start to really kind of hone in on your own interests yeah and then you start to look for friends in those spaces. Mm-hmm. But I actually think it's really good to have friends who have a complementary personality without mm-hmm. necessarily having the same interests or mm-hmm. vice versa. Because I, well, I also just really like hearing people talk about new topics, like yeah. new to me topics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's like the most <laughs> fun way to learn is if you can get someone to go on like an animated um, <laughs> speech about what they're interested in. <laughs> 
Um, but then in adulthood, you get really picky about, yeah. like, oh, like, we need to have this in alignment, and we need to have, like, these beliefs and values in alignment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's so much harder. I also, like, I definitely noticed that. I was talking to my friend about this the other day, oh, yeah. uh, like, dating apps. Yeah. Where it's, like, there are some sections on a profile that I'll jump to. Yeah, um, take a look at that. And it's a non-negotiable. Yeah. I won't pay to be able to filter <laughs> this. I don't either, but I think... I I was a big believer in the dating apps, right? Mm-hmm. I was, like, newly single right when Tinder was a thing, and I was only single for, like, three months, but mm-hmm. I was, like, on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember, like, I did the same thing, where, like, in your relationships, there are certain non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't be with somebody who's not LGBT-friendly. Mm-hmm. I can't be with somebody who's not an ally. Like, no. non-negotiable, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think I'm also just really picky. Like, I will fully acknowledge that. Um, I don't think but that's yeah. a bad thing. In some ways, I think dating apps make things easier because if you meet someone like out Mm. in the wild and your personalities work great, Mm. um, but your like life goals or beliefs don't line up, Mm -hmm. you're going to be more invested in them when things inevitably fall apart. Actually, I I can't remember if I remember to tell you about this, but I had a hinge date last week where we went for coffee and then just went for like a quick walk around the area. Mm. And personality wise, things were fine. Yeah. Um, but there were a few like comments here and there where I was like, I don't think we want the same thing. Oh, um, shit. But, and I actually really respect this, but he was like, when we kind of like came back from our walking loop, he asked some like very direct questions. Mm. And then I was kind of just able to kind of infer from what he was asking and just mm. like give some context and like share where I was at. Yeah. And we were both like, <laughs> no, no, this <laughs> yeah. isn't going to work out. Yeah. And then, and this has never happened to me before and I don't think it ever will again. <laughs> But he was like, well, I, he was like, I could see myself being friends with you, mm. but, like, I don't think we are aligned for, like, relationship. Um, that was very mature of him. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, okay, and 10 minutes ago on this walk, you told me you barely see your friends, especially when you're in a relationship. So yeah. I don't think we're destined to be friends. And he was like, you know what? That's a really that valid point. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> I hate falling into that trap of, like, oh, like, we should go for coffee, and then you no. never do, or, or you go two years later. I honestly think but. if you're going to, like, like, have relationships as an adult, especially, mm-hmm. like, a th- 30-ish and over. Mm-hmm. Like, in my late 20s, I'm, like, I kind of treat my relationships like a transaction in a weird mm-hmm. way. I'm, like, what are you giving me? What can I give you? How mm-hmm. can we make each other's lives better? Is this going to be make my life easier? Is it going to make my life harder? And, like, if somebody doesn't have good give and take with me, if we don't have similar interests, similar values, similar mm-hmm. beliefs about life, or, like, the same, I don't want to call it, like, ambitions because I don't consider myself like an ambitious person at all but like listen we have a set number of days in this existence I'm I'm gonna live it up while I'm here yeah and like for me it's important to be with someone Mm -hmm. that I feel like could push me to grow yeah yeah so anyways Mm. at this point he goes since we're never gonna see each other again (laughs) like what's your perception of hinge and then we have spent like 10 minutes talking about like kind of like like he's a dude dating women I'm a woman dating men and we Mm. kind of talked about both sides Mm -hmm. and the expectation there's a lot of expectations on both sides that I think are unnecessary but yeah just the fact that like we could have 
that experience it's and a nice way to end it kind know? of debrief and then just comfortably know we're never gonna run into each other See, again I wish you could do that when like all relationships end like I'm going mm-hmm. through the end of a friendship which wasn't a codependent friendship mm-hmm. like it was actually a very healthy friendship but I'm going through that now where it's like both parties know the friendship has kind of run its course which it sucks because we're quite close and there's no real reason other than the fact that like we kind of just don't fit each other anymore. Mm-hmm. Like she's kind of going one direction and I'm going the other. And like my growth is taking me here and hers is taking her there. And like, you know, I just wish I could have like one final like, listen, it was mm-hmm. really swell. I might cry, but like, thank you for my early 20s mm-hmm. and like that gift and like, good luck. But you can't do that. Yeah. Why am I crying on our podcast? My instinct was to pat your knee, and I was like, Lisa would hate that. Oh, no, I'm not a person. I'm a, I will hug you to get you off my lawn. Yeah. (laughs) But. Yeah. Do you feel like this is heading towards, like, a friend breakup or more of a fade? I think it's going to be a fade. I don't think there's going to be a formal breakup because there, there's nothing really, like, significant that triggered it. It was Mm -hmm. just, like, you know, she made friends with a couple new people who I just, like, I don't vibe with them. Like, mm-hmm. they're still very much so in the, like, party phase and drinking phase. And, like, I've mentioned this on a bunch of other podcast episodes that we've filmed. So let's see if it actually stays in this time. But, like, I've really struggled with alcohol addiction my mm-hmm. whole life. I've been a full-blown alcoholic three separate times. And I'm going to turn 29 next week. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't be around people who are drinking in excess anymore. Mm-hmm. And, like, the last couple of times I've seen her, it's always been she's invited me out to a club and invited me out to a bar. Which, like, I'm fine with doing that but I need to have like days where we actually just like sit and connect and Mm -hmm. like it's also really hard for me not to kind of re-enter that space and like all that being said there's a very different energy behind being an alcoholic like it's a very abysmal negative energy but I just don't even like tiptoeing back to that anymore and like Mm -hmm. I I last time I saw her I had like mimosas at brunch with her and it was totally fine it was good it was whatever but I just like the people she's partying with now Mm -hmm. are partying way harder than I can physically do you know like they went on a couple trips together and they're like always posting in the club together and everyone's always shit face and I look Mm -hmm. at her and I'm just like I don't super love that for you I don't like it for me and like I don't want but I don't want to like stunt her growth because I feel like she is about to go through something that she needs to go through and I want to like if the best way I can support her is to like be available like I've been I don't know I keep like texting her to do things and I want to like hang out and I've made it clear that I want to but then she always bails last minute or she'll be like I'm too hungover to do this Mm -hmm. or it'll be like hey I'm here where are you and she just won't show up which is like not like her behavior personally I don't Mm -hmm. think being hungover is a good excuse to bail on plans that you already had well yeah it's just like dude we're almost 30 like why are you drinking so much the night before you're supposed to do something like that's something that's a that's a young man's game <laughs> like yeah. come on you yeah. know so I don't know I don't think it's gonna go through a full like breakup just mm-hmm. because I don't I feel like there's so much there's such an air of like finality mm-hmm. with a full-blown breakup and I also like just don't want to have that be the last chapter. Like, I'm yeah. really hoping that we'll fade and we'll come back. Open. I want to leave the door open. Like, right now, I'm kind of in the process of closing the door. It will never be locked, though. Like, mm-hmm. I will always open it up if she knocks again. Um, but, yeah, I, I just, like, I'm kind of going through that. And mm-hmm. that really didn't have a lot to do with codependency, but it made me cry, so we had to give it some attention. <laughs> but I also think, 
like codependency also relates like drinking friendships I think are seasonal friendships yeah but if I think about like my university routines and habits like Mm -hmm. it was a lot of like the same people on the weekends Mm -hmm. all the time because you kind of like build your like buddy system Mm -hmm. I think like for me like going to the bars like I would never go alone yeah even going with one other person (laughs) yeah like the put together the biggest group possible yeah and that's where this friendship came Mm -hmm. from like this is an old like university era friendship and it it really was the like let's go out and party every weekend same group Mm -hmm. and like she's the last friend from that era of my life you know Mm -hmm. so of course I'm having a hard time letting it go but I think I part of learning I've been on a journey, let's say, of learning how to be properly codependent and independent. Mm -hmm. And I feel like part of having healthy relationships with people is learning when your friendship is just not needed anymore and learning that that's okay. It's not necessarily like I know it doesn't say anything bad about me because she doesn't want to be my friend anymore. I think anything it's just like okay well like we aren't matched for Mm -hmm. this point in your life like you have different wants and needs and like you know she's single she's still single she's entering her like hot girl era I'm like go for it that's Mm -hmm. fine I've kind of like been there and done that Mm -hmm. there's nothing for me in a bar anymore (laughs) except every time we go out I get some random man coming up to me who's just like crying in my face about his girlfriend or like telling me I look like somebody he knows and I'm just like (laughs) leave me alone (laughs) I think the cleanest end of a codependent relationship Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. actually when you get a new job. Because if you think of your work friendships, there is like a certain level of codependency. Well, you're just fucking trying to survive together, whatever bullshit you're going through that day. If you're in a toxic (laughs) environment, but even just like if you have projects that depend on each other, like you need to have like a certain level of communication Mm -hmm. and constant contact going on, especially working remotely. Oh, um, Because if you aren't intentional about that, you can just not talk to someone for like a month and just kind of forget. But Mm -hmm. I've I've had that a couple of times where Mm. during the workday for those eight hours, well, or 10 or 12. Go on, barf um, me to death. No, thank you. You're in constant communication and constantly checking in with the same people. Mm -hmm. And there's a personal relationship that develops. Mm -hmm. But it's not that you spend so much time together, you're not hanging out outside of work very often. No, it's not like a real friendship at that mm -hmm. point, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so the times that I've left a job Mm -hmm. and that happens, it's... It is weird to, like, resettle into your new habit. Mm. But all of those times, it's typically, like, the people you're maybe leaving behind are usually excited for you to do whatever you're doing next. Mm -hmm. And it's, I never begrudge anyone for staying because if they can make an environment work that I couldn't, like, Mm -hmm. that's that's a skill that they have. Flowers don't grow in the exact same type of soil, mm-hmm. you know? Like, some some people need more water. Some people need more sunlight, need it dry. Like, you know, and that's that's kind of how all relationships are. Like, I feel like there isn't really a right way to have mm-hmm. a relationship. There's definitely, like, ways that are proven to be, like, better for your mental health and, like, you know, uh, more likely to succeed. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's call it that. And actually, you know what, now that I'm thinking of it, there's only one couple that I know where I'm, like, I like they're co- they're healthy codependent like fully mm. healthy codependent and it, it's my friend and they listen hi Des hi Corey <laughs> um and they were the ones who really taught me Corey and I I didn't I wasn't really aware of it till I went to stay with them in Victoria and like 
course, it's like beautiful and gorgeous and sunny. And like the weeks leading up to me going to visit and the mm-hmm. week I'm there, it just snows like crazy. So we're holed up in their little like two bedroom apartment together, which was like super fun. It was still like a really nice trip. Like I didn't realize Victoria literally shuts down when there's snow. Like you yeah. can't really mm-hmm. go anywhere. So I really got to spend a lot of time with them and like also hang out in their living space mm-hmm. as well. And like I was looking around the apartment being like, okay, so we have the Des and Corey calendar. Then we have just Des's calendar and we have just Corey's calendar. So it's like all that's their so individual stuff. That's just Des though. She's the most organized person I know. She also has ADHD. So like part of it is you need to be organized if mm-hmm. you have ADHD and like she's a real like ambitious go-getter person. Like she could she could fully like have all the world's problems sorted out if we just gave her the resources. <laughs> but yeah, I was like looking at their calendars and I was like, Des, what the fuck is all this? Like, and then she was like, no, it's like, it's just how we say it like on track together. And like she was showing me like the big couple's calendar is it's like, well, I have all my stuff, but if there's stuff that you need to know that might impact our life or might impact our schedule in any way, I'm going to put it on the shared calendar. Mm-hmm. So they always knew like where the other person was. They always knew exactly what the other person was doing they like would maybe call each other like out on the road the typical like I'm gonna be home in x amount of time do you need anything calls but I was like that's the way to do it like you don't need to be in like constant locked in contact you just Mm -hmm. need to like communicate that's all code like healthy codependency is it's just like proactive communication yeah really proactive really well done productive communications and I think when it turns into unhealthy codependency that's when it's like this isn't productive it's not Mm -hmm. helping anybody it's just communicating for the sake of like anxious feelings you know because I think unhealthy codependency relies on a lot of assumptions yeah you're just assuming that the other person is always available and always Mm -hmm. interested in doing what you're doing at the same time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it was just really interesting to see like so this is how grown-ups do it oh my god yeah it was a really wonderful week I feel like I went home and I made me and John a calendar (laughs) and we've been using it and it's been working so hot tip get three calendars (laughs) no okay I think this is a good place to draw the line yeah okay if there's one takeaway people should have from this episode what do you think it's it should be I think part of it is like whether codependency is healthy for you Mm -hmm. depends on where you're at what you want Mm -hmm. the level of support you need and what Mm -hmm. you have going on so I think it doesn't need to be entirely rejected but I think just making sure that you're being very thoughtful about your communication yeah um is the best way to make sure that Mm. also that you're both happy with the way things are going yeah I feel like for some reason and I don't know why that is I feel like codependency in relationships it's always like projected on the let's call them the nurturing partner Mm -hmm. So whether that's like in a heteronormative couple, like the woman or the person who's like more likely to take control in a Mm. sense, I feel like the problem with codependency is always pushed on one person who has who has the issue, who has the anxiety when really Mm. like codependency is the result of not feeling secure in your relationship. Uh, It's it's the result of either like the external world is making you feel insecure in it or something with your partner is making you feel insecure. And like for my relationship, the external world makes me feel really insecure. I have really intense anxiety um, that really impacts like how I see the world around me. And I get really anxious that like 
you know, something's going to happen to John out in the field or like, you know, something's going to happen to a friend. And I feel like, and I've completely lost the thread of where I was going with this, but I feel like codependency is a two-way street. Mm -hmm. And that is what I wanted to say. And (laughs) we have been recording for 51 (laughs) minutes. Yeah. Okay. On Instagram and TikTok, we are at bad at boundaries. Mm-hmm. You can also email us. At, uh, it's bad at boundaries at gmail.com. So if you have stories or submissions, we love we going through those. We love going through those. Please submit anything. You're having an issue setting a boundary, anything you just want to tell us about, whether it's win, a lose, we want to cheer you on or make you feel better. Um, also, just check out our website in general, bad at boundaries.com. Uh, all our episodes are up there free to listen. There's also links to like some pretty cool merch. Mm-hmm. And I know I've been saying this every week, but I will be adding more interesting stuff on there. We're just Bad trying to Boundaries out how to is a podcast created by Lisa Hennig and Kelly McGillis. Follow us on um, yeah, you can follow and me, Lisa, on TikTok at, at Littlest Beer. And Kelly, your Instagram and TikTok at Kelly.McGillis. Yeah. yeah, I'm an inconsistent poster, but... <laughs> but she's got heart, folks. Yeah. <laughs> she's got heart. I, but I'm trying my best. <laughs> That's all you need to do. Mm-hmm. All right, let's draw the line. Okay.